figured I would just sit down and just, you know, fuck it. Let's let's do a podcast. Hello? Really? We should do a podcast. Hello? Hey, this would be a great podcast. Let's fun. Let's do it. Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Cliffy? Hello, Cliffy? It's podcast time. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Are you listening? This is episode one. Clippy, it's Grandma Clip Clip. No way. I think it's gonna be terrible. Clicky boom boom down. Clip, this is your uncle Clip Clip. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. Terrible. The one and the only. The Jenny Boy. Positivity is for fucking assholes. My little baby boy. Did you write La Poopy? Baby Butter Boy. On one of the sausage sandwiches. Womack style. Hey, Leo. Lindy. This sandwich says La Poopy on it. I love you. What are you trying to serve here? Toggling your balls. Any tips? Toggling your balls. For eating abroad. Uh, toggling his balls. Uh, Just below your nipple. Wait a minute. The biggest one yet. Grown ass adults. Wearing sports jerseys. Alright, friendos. It's uh so here we go. It's the first of October. The first the first day of the greatest month of the year. Good grief. Do I love October? It's interesting though. Uh I'm trying to I'm trying to get into October. I'm usually really pumped up for today. Uh, like, here we go, you know, the leaves have very slightly, very slowly, little bits of red and things changing here and there uh, as I look out the window or as I go on walks and things, and you can see, okay, here we go, a little bit. I saw a beautiful red leaf fall from a tree this morning as the sun glistened upon it. A glorious crimson... I don't know, whatever. Uh, but I... Yeah, I just, I, I never can just be like, I don't know. I can't, even the stuff I love, when it becomes status quo and it becomes the norm, I get antsy and I get restless and it makes me so, I get mad at myself. Like we've been in the, in the Boston area for six years, just over six years. I love Boston. Work commuted into Boston for many years, which I did not love and I hope to never have to do it again. Even if I work out of Boston, don't work out of Boston, I don't care. I fully hope to be remote for the rest of my life with, like, the occasional go into the office thing. Once in a while, maybe once a quarter, you know, four to six times a year I come in for a day, see everybody, go attend the big meeting, whatever it is. Great. And then see ya. See ya in, like, two or three months. Uh, at the most, that's the, that's the amount of commuting I want to do is maybe a few times, maybe six times a year at the most. And, uh, the company that I'm about to leave just announced that all U S employees can work remotely in perpetuity. Uh, but the company I'm about to go to, it's, it's going to be remote for the next year. And then I, and then when this year is up, when I finish the project that I'm about to go on, I plan to come back to the company that I'm leaving today. Today's my last day with my current company. I love this place, and I fully intend to come back. I'm only leaving because, uh, yeah, I can I can be bought and sold very easily. Let's just put it that way. I have a price. <laughs> 
And unfortunately, I'm not at a place where I don't care about money. I wish I was because then I could just uh, stay right where I am and and be content. But yeah, that's that's not where I am in life right now. But by chasing this this current contract that's about to start on Monday for the next uh, year, that's hopefully going to put me much closer, much faster to where I want to be, which is to not have to care about money, to just take a job because it sounds exciting and fun and, oh, it pays a little bit lower, eh, no big deal. I don't need money. I just need to be happy. Uh, But I am also going back to a place where uh, I worked last year and I've spent this entire year on this podcast talking about how I want to get back there. So I'm really getting everything that I want. I can't really complain. It's just that I wish I was leaving. I wish, (laughs) unlike the other two jobs that I left earlier this year in March and in June, uh, which I hated, I wish that I was leaving a job that I hated. I wish today was the last day at a place that I didn't like. Unfortunately, it's a place that I really like, so that makes it tough. But it's all good. I was able to get, I was able, a buddy that I worked with that I met at my last place, only worked with him for three months, got to know the guy really well, great dude, smart guy. I was able to, I was able to get him my, my job. I'm leaving this firm and he's taking my place. And he's been here for the last week and I've been training him and everything. And so that feels good. I'm happy about that. Somebody that I know, somebody who I think is a really good person and deserves this job is getting this job. And let's be honest, selfishly, I hope he's really successful. I hope he moves up. I hope he finds himself in a management position where he can just hire me back <laughs> at some point. Uh, but nevertheless, it's it's just it's funny how all the, you know, you go through all these things and it's like, ah, oh, I'm I'm so miserable here. And then but stuff comes out of it that's that's pretty cool. And it's like I was talking to the, I, I, the other day. We were talking. I said, do you, "Do you ever think about all the different steps that each of us took to get to this place where you're now working at the same company as me that I'm about to leave? You're taking you're taking over for me, taking my my spot that I and I helped get you get you there, which was you know it's nice too. <sighs> anyway, uh, my deal is and now. I just I completely lost my train of thought completely that's great that's one of the things about a a great podcast is having somebody who can't keep his thoughts straight and who just uh, meanders into various different lanes and can't remember how to get back it's like it's like a demented version of frogger on a podcast where do i go how do i get across the street okay i'm in the middle of the road how did i get here and am i supposed to get to the other side of the road or am i supposed to turn back and go to where i came from that's that's this podcast in a nutshell <laughs> no, nothing's better than a tough to follow podcast where the host just starts babbling about anything well i started off talking about uh, the leaves changing is autumn and all this great stuff and but, oh, but that's where I was. That's where I was. There we go. There we go. You just have to retrace your steps. You have to leave mental breadcrumbs to get back to where you were. And I was talking about how I've been in the Boston area for many years, six years, worked in Boston, loved working in Boston, hated commuting to and from Boston. Even if you live in Boston, the saying is Boston is only an hour from Boston because the commute truly is for almost anybody. You know, unless you work right in downtown and you have a nice condo that's across the street, uh, you know, or a few blocks away, then okay, cool. 
I knew a kid who lived, uh, he worked in Dorchester and he lived over by Fenway and he would take his little uh, electric skateboard thing and he would just he would just boogie on back home and it was like a 15-minute skateboard ride for him. Okay, that doesn't sound too bad. Uh, but anyways, I find myself like, for the six years I've been here, it's just, ah, uh, you know, the kids and I, we go into Boston all the time. Even though I commute there or was commuting there every day, we would still go in on the weekends because we would just have so much fun hanging out in Boston, walking around the streets, the tall buildings, the beautiful parks, you know, great food, the waterfront. It's just a, it's a spectacular place and it's clean and it's nice. It's, it's a great place. And now I'm like, I'm at a point where I'm just like, eh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm over it. I'm tired of it. It's just, uh, you know, just like chewing gum. I, there's too many things in life for me. And I don't know if you're the same way, but too many things in life for me are like chewing gum. You put it in your mouth and it's so, it's so sweet and juicy. Oh, this is delicious. And you chomp on it for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, whatever it is. And then it's just, then you're just sort of chewing on it. And you can't really remember why, but it's just there. And so it's like, okay, well, it's something to do. So I'm going to keep chewing this gum. And then eventually it's just, you, you, your jaw gets tired and it doesn't taste very good. And your mouth is getting kind of stale and you spit it out. Or if you're like me when I was a kid, you're an idiot and you swallow gum because people tell you don't swallow gum. And so as a teenager, I would swallow my gum. And I just want to, I want to go back and punch myself forever even swallowing one piece of gum. What a, what, a mor- what a moron. What a total moron. I blame that for my fatness. <laughs> that's all that gum. Anyway, but that's, uh, there's too many things in life that I, I just I wish, I wish they didn't lose that, that sweetness and that taste. And then stuff, it just, but that's just what happens. And then so you, so you stop for a while and then you put in another piece of gum later and it's like, okay, that's pretty good. But I just, uh, yeah, I've, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't sit still on anything. I can't, I, I can't do status quo for too long. Again, somewhere between three, three and six years, and then I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to, I'm ready to move someplace else. I'm ready to go someplace else. I'm ready to do someplace something else. And uh, I, you know, it's good in some ways because uh, I guess it keeps you, keeps you ambitious, keeps you wanting more, keeps you you know, active and stuff, fine. But it's also like, God damn, I, I, I'm so envious. There's people who just, they find a place and it's good and they settle down and then, and they just are happy and they go through, they go through life just kind of like, Hey, that's, this is good. This is, this is no more or no less than what I need or what I want. And I have it and it's great. And I'm going to just enjoy it. And I have a, that's, I guess that's my problem. I can't, yeah, I can't do that. I can't sit still uh, in, you know, literally, uh, figuratively, whatever. So I find myself, uh, the last, you know, we moved away uh, in 2010. We left New York State, which is just the best place. It's the best state. It's the best place. It has the best city. It has the best mountain. I, to me, you know, I know... People love the mountains in New England and the mountains in Colorado, the Rockies, and you know there's the Blue Ridge Mountains down south, which are gorgeous too. And uh, yeah, we we left all that and you know moved to Florida, and then realized, oh my gosh, we're not going to see the leaves change. We're not going to see the first snowfall. Like all these things are gone. I thought, hey, I I want something new. I want to go. 
uh, to a place that looks different and feels different and is different and temperatures are different and it's, you know, everything's different. And then we got there and it was like, okay, uh, yeah, okay. It's, there were some really good times, but they pretty much happened between like January and March. And then the rest of the year was just too hot to do anything. But, uh, you know, two years there and then three years in another place in North Carolina. And then that got, you know, that was the first year in, in the Charlotte area was like, Hey, cool. It's, it's, we finally got out of Florida with all those gross palm trees and heat and humidity. Well, there's still plenty of heat and humidity in North Carolina. My God, even worse in some cases, but we got there and then, you know, the first year was nice because it was okay. This, this is nice because it's, uh, you know, it's not as, it's not Florida, but it's not the Northeast. It's a little of both. Yeah, this is good. I like this place. We got some snow, got to see leaves change. Not as pretty as the ones in the Northeast, but still get that little piece of, of autumn and a two hour drive to the mountains and a three hour, four hour drive to the beach. It's not so bad. And then after, uh, you know, about a year into it, I was like, eh, two years into it, I was like, eh. <laughs> and then after three years, okay, it's, uh, it's, I think it's time to go. And so we did. And now it's been six years. And I'm not saying that I want to, I actually am very happy here in New England, here in New Hampshire, here in the Boston area. But I really do. I get, I'm at a point where the, uh, yeah, some of the luster has worn off. It's a bummer. And it'll, you know, but that's the thing. Just like, just like that piece of gum, you spit it out. And then the next time you put some gum in your mouth, it's going to be real sweet and juicy again. So, hey, it might be a while before the, the next time we go play around in Boston. But then when we do, it'll, it'll be nice. But it's, it's what I've, what I was, what is bumming me out is this morning I was on a nice little walk, a little fall walk. Enjoying the crisp 45-degree air, uh, feeling good, bright sun, some of the leaves changing and all that stuff. And I I walked past the pool, and the water's pretty much drained out of the pool. And it made me very sad, which it's the first time – I can't remember the last time that I was bummed to see the end of summer. And here I find myself after after six years of just – you know, after living in Florida and living in North Carolina where there's there's too much summer and then coming back to coming to New England uh, where there's a, a really nice summer, but it's a pretty short summer. But that's what I wanted. I was ready to just get back to full on fall and winter and leaves and snow and everything. And I'm still looking forward to all that. But I do. This is the first time. First time since I lived in New York where I. I'm a little bummed. I'm a little bummed that that summer is over. We have a camping trip planned this evening. We might not be going on it though because the uh, the children are under the weather, unfortunately. But I it was but it was still just I was excited about the camping trip and we've got one next weekend. Hopefully we'll be able to make one of those, maybe both of them, we'll see. Probably just the one. Uh but uh I was <laughs> I was a little even the camping trip, I was a little bummed as excited I am where, you know, we've got little, uh, those little hand warmers and we've, you know, going to sit and bundle up with blankets and hoodies by the fire. That's a, that's a lovely fall feeling and yeah, all good stuff. But I was like, ah, yeah, we can't, you know, we have no need to bring the paddleboard. 
which is exciting because it's a big schlep to get the paddleboard out and put it on the car and all that stuff. But it was like, ah, yeah, we don't need to bring the paddleboard because nobody's going in the water. It's too cold because summer's over. I actually found, found myself a little bit bummed out about that. And seeing the pool empty and, you know, the, the patio chairs are gone and it's just like, ah, I guess, I don't know. I guess maybe that's a good thing. I guess that's the point though, right? I got tired of summer. I didn't want anything to do with summer. I couldn't wait for summer to be over for these last several years, 10 plus years, 11 years, whatever. I was just basically since moving to Florida, I found myself every year just wanting nothing to do with summer, no heat, no humidity. I just, I just want to be cold. I just want to wear sweaters. And so summer summer lost its uh, its luster for a while there. And then this past summer, it came roaring back. And this was my favorite summer. I don't even remember. This is my. This might have been my favorite summer ever, because we did different things. We got a you know got a bunch of camping trips in for the first time. And 2017 was one of my favorite summers. This one topped it because 2017 was our very first camping trip and other little things that we did that were a little bit different. This year, same thing. We got a bunch of camping times in. Got a bunch of trips to New York City. Got to go south on the on the South Carolina vacation and see the family. We just kept, you know, a bunch of trips to the drive-ins, trips to the movies, that kind of stuff. It was just a good summer. I had, you know, I had three weeks in between jobs back in uh, in late June, so I got to have a very mini sort of three week summer vacation, which was nice when the kids were out of school, so we got to go swimming every morning. It was just a, it was a really quality summer i didn't i I, you know once once we got to the middle of june and i left the job that i hated pretty much right as summer was beginning literally like two days before summer was when i left that job so the whole summer was spent it was a rare summer where i yeah i wasn't super stressed about work i was just yeah just kind of enjoying life and so i guess i'm a little sad that it's gone Still lots of nice nice weather to come and nice days to come of fall, but this is the first time that I found myself I find myself longing for those summer nights yet again. Yet again. In any event, that's but that's life, right? You get tired of something, you go away from it for a while, and then what's old is new again. Just like yeah. I guess I guess I guess in 2010 I got somewhat tired of living in the Northeast and then we left and I realized how much I missed living in the Northeast and then coming back to the Northeast in 2015 and seeing that first sort of crisp cool late summer evening sky I remember coming out of Trader Joe's <laughs> getting some groceries right after we moved back moved to New England and just looking at the just this gorgeous evening glow, this twilight glow in the sky that I hadn't seen in forever. And I just kind of soaked it in. I was like, yeah, we're back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> so that's the only thing. I have no, uh, you know, stuff is, is fresh and then it's stale and it, you kind of go back and forth. Uh, Florida is not one of those places where I, I, there's no there's no real point where I say like, oh, man. I really miss Florida. I really love to get back to Florida. Really love to get back to Port St. Lucie, the Pizzle. <laughs> no thanks. So not everything. Uh, some stuff I get tired of, and that that doesn't ever come back. Where I say, "Oh, you know what? Let's give Florida another try." There's a, there's about a week or two in January, 
maybe right after the holidays where I'm a little bummed out because, you know, that's the right January 2nd, right? That's like the most depressing day of the year because that's when everybody's back from vacation, back to school, back to work. And that's, you know, when I get bummed out and I get stressed out, I start, my mind says, okay, you know, I start thinking, how can I, how can I literally run away from the things that cause me stress and anxiety? Let's move, let's move somewhere because that'll solve it. Cause moving someplace else, well, you'll just leave your cares behind. <laughs> uh, not quite. Uh, yeah, you take them with you and then you add the new, then you add the new stresses and anxieties of living in a new place. And if that place is a, is a place that you don't particularly like, then yeah, best of luck to you. Port St. Lucie was, was just such a place. Uh, it, but I, but I wouldn't trade it because it led to, you know, you, you get things out of it. Our second child was born there. I made great friends there. We did have fun times there. And one of the best feelings of living in Florida was the day that I hopped into that moving truck and closed those doors <laughs> and left the key and hit the road and took one last look at our neighborhood. I saw some kids playing and I just started laughing and I said, ah, enjoy it, suckers. <laughs> enjoy this horrible town. But you know what? Those kids are maybe going to grow up there. And that's going to be home. And maybe they'll maybe they'll move someplace. Maybe they'll move to New England someday. And they'll say, oh, my God, take me back. Take me back to the Pizzle. Take me back to the Pizzle. But I do, it does, it bothers me. I, I wish I could just, like, just turn it off and just, just get to a place. I, I've had that, I've had little tastes of it here and there where I'm just content. And it is nice because then your your mind kind of, stops spinning a you know spinning a mile a minute um and it goes it starts spinning a mile an hour which is much sometimes that's much nicer to just sit and just kind of soak everything in and enjoy <sighs> but that's not that's not me uh, yeah uh anyways happy friday happy tuesday uh, so yeah, it's Friday. It's October first. We may or may not go camping this evening. I'm thinking it's probably a not. I think it's. I think there's a, over a ninety percent chance that we're sleeping in our own beds tonight. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. There'll be a camping trip next weekend. Hopefully, get to get to make use of all our stuff one more time next weekend, and then and then pack it all up for for the season and then enjoy and then but that's it you get to look forward to you know we'll have we'll have the kids will be out skiing the youngest is going to give skiing a shot this year so maybe everybody will be out skiing together i don't know um but yeah okay i'm sad to see some this is this is the first summer that i'm really sad to see to see it go first summer in a long time I don't remember. I really don't remember the last time that I was this bummed about summer coming to an end. It's just a good, fun summer. But lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. Uh, what do I want to talk about? Let's see. Uh, how great TV is. Oh, yeah. I was reading this thread on Twitter where somebody said, uh, who, what TV characters would be anti-vaxxers? And... It was just a great thread because it was just people like really getting into the psychology of TV characters 
and you know Norman Cliff wouldn't get vaccinated because Cliff would just be spreading, you know, he'd come in with all his little factoids and nonsense and Norm would just kind of follow along and somebody said, yeah, but, but Vera would make Norm get the vaccine. So he would get it. And just, yeah, lots of different speculation on, you know, which, which TV, like really good, insightful stuff about which TV characters would and wouldn't, (laughs) would be pro-vax, would be anti-vax. And, it's cool because it just made me think like, man, how, how great is TV? Like how great that we have decades and decades worth of these. And there's a lot of terrible TV. But the great stuff is really, truly great. We have all these characters that you really could like these characters that are so rich and and have so many layers that you could have a legitimate discussion as though they were real people Unfortunately, there are idiots on Twitter who are just posting pictures of like Hercules would be an anti-vaxxer. It's like, no, Hercules wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. He's not going to get COVID. Hercules is Hercules. He's not going to get COVID. You're thinking of Kevin Sorbo. We're not talking about which actor who played a TV character would be an anti-vax because we already know. Yeah, Charles in charge might not get the vaccine. I don't know. Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. Scott Veo, Scott Veo is, is a moron. So he's like, I don't know what he's doing, but so you got some idiots on there, but, but some really cool conversations, you know, a real good back and forth, you know, somebody, somebody said uh, Hank Hill from King of the Hill. And I, I shook my head and I said, no, I don't think so. And somebody mentioned, and, and the reasons that I, that I thought in my head are exactly what somebody mentioned in the next tweet, which is no, Hank Hill, it, he, he would, you know, he respects, he loves America. He's good red blooded American. I'll tell you what. If the president says he's going to get the vaccine, then by golly, it's my, my duty as an American citizen to get the vaccine and help my fellow man. Uh, Dale Gribble, on the other hand, that's a pretty good chance that he's got all kinds of conspiracies floating around. But then somebody mentioned that Dale Gribble would actually get the vaccine because he's such a conspiracy theorist that he would follow the conspiracy that says that the anti-vaxxers are actually the pro-vaxxers trying to psych out <laughs> the pro-vaxxers into not getting the vaccine. And so via reverse psychology, Dale Gribble would be convinced that the real conspiracy is that, yeah, is that you're not supposed to get the vaccine and so he would get the vaccine. Which is actually brilliant because, yeah, if you think about Dale Gribble on King of the Hill, that's exactly how his mind works. And that's so brilliant because it's a cartoon and these characters are so, so well thought out and so, so rich and so very much alive, even though they're animated, that you could actually have this discussion and that makes sense to me. It's just great. And I'm like reading these great comments and Twitter's a piece of shit most of the time, but sometimes it's so great and it's so smart, but I'm just reading and, you know, characters from MASH, I don't really know MASH that well. And somebody mentioned, yeah, Al Bundy. Al Bundy would be an anti-vaxxer because he would say that he can't aff- he's too poor to afford the vaccine which is free but that's so that's so Al Bundy and I just like I'm I'm reading all these things and people are bringing up all these TV characters stuff that I wouldn't have didn't think of and and I'm just like god TV is so great TV has given us so much so many characters like think about if TV didn't exist 
what society would it wouldn't it would it would not even look anything close to what it looks like right now the way that we act and that could be a good thing or a bad thing for sure but it's just you know art imitates life life imitates art and tv oh god i love tv i just sometimes i sit there and i stare at the tv and i'm just in awe i'm in awe of its splendor it's the bounty that tv has bestowed upon us is incalculable, as Michael Scott would say. And thank you, TV, for giving us Michael Scott and Kramer and Urkel. (laughs) Oh, man. It's just, it's TV, man. And then I started thinking, like, yeah, what if, if you listen to Family Storytime, I always used to come up with these dopey what-if scenarios for for my parents or whoever who listen and they made no sense. Like when I asked my mom, if there was no, if you were trapped in the house and there was no food to eat and all there was was paint, would you eat paint? No, stupid, because paint's not a food and it'll kill me right away if I just eat paint. Yeah, but you don't have any other food except the paint. (laughs) Oh, how annoying must it have been to have me around asking these questions. But similarly, I was lying in bed reading these these tweets and thinking like, yeah, I wonder if, and I'll, I'll ask you, and you can't respond because you're not here, but what if you could only have movies or you could only have TV shows? And that is to say, you could still have cable and you can still have DVDs and Blu-rays and streaming and all this stuff. You could have Netflix and Disney and Hulu and all the other things, Amazon, whatever, Peacock, all the all your favorite streaming things, except you could only choose one. And so all of a sudden, you know, all all the movies in your home library are taken. All the movies that are on your cable or satellite lineup, you're you have you're blocked. You have no access to them. Or on the streaming service. Or vice versa. You can only get the movies and any TV show is blocked. And any DVDs you own of a TV show is gone. Any any TV, you can never watch a TV show again. Only movies or only TV. Which would you pick? You ever think about this? Do you ever wonder? I've actually never thought about that. This is stupid because it's never going to happen. But uh, I, as much as I would hate to say goodbye to Transformers the movie and Back to the Future and Ferris Bueller and Dumb and Dumber and Office Space and the Harry Potter movies and uh, yeah, I don't know, a bunch of shit. Star Wars. Star Wars is gone. Uh, I, I'm picking TV 10 times out of 10, brother, because I, 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 I got to have my, my Seinfeld and my Simpsons, my Curb Your Enthusiasm, my Office, Succession, just so many shows. Uh, and this might, this might make a difference, and maybe this, this uh, skews it, and maybe it's a little unfair because TV, I would count sports as a TV shows too. Basically, TV anything that's on TV that's not a movie you get to keep. So maybe it's a little it's a little unfair, but there's some great movies you'd never get to see again. Your favorite movies, and then there's some great TV shows you'd never get to see again. It's tough, but I'm I'm picking TV for sure. I, no matter how much I think about it, and a, and a movie will pop into my head, and I say, God, I never get to see that movie ever again. Oh my God! But you know what? It's okay because. Uh, uh, I'm taking TV shows. There's more TV shows that I love 
than uh, than movies. Add something else into this mix. <laughs> now you have you can only pick one of the three: movies, TV, music. That is impossible. I, I don't even want to think about the world that exists where you can only choose one of those things. I got to say I'm taking music because as much as I watch TV, as much as I watch movies, as meaningful as all of those things are, to never hear a song again, I don't know, that's, that's not a world I want to know. There was a, Remember that Sesame Street episode? There was a Sesame Street episode way back where they – they imagined Bob and Big Bird, I think, were talking, and they imagined what would it be like if you couldn't sing, if there was no more music and you couldn't sing. And, uh, and then I think, I feel like conversely, they had, uh, they had one where imagine if you could only sing and you couldn't talk, and they did like a full musical number where everything they, every conversation was, was singing. Which, by the way, maybe that's, if we, we're, we're, you know, we as a, society as a species as a race human beings we're probably not destined to make it that far <laughs> you know earth's never going anywhere but us as a and if earth's gone so are we so is everything so i mean whatever but uh earth was here long before us it's going to be here long after us so um but imagine if we actually uh you know maybe some of these morons you know the anti-vaxxer type people and and so forth. They they just they they do die off, and and the magical utopian society springs up. It ain't happening, but it does. Like, what if that's what if that's part of the evolution? You know, five thousand years from now, nobody taught. We we look back, you know, kind of like we look back at hieroglyphics and say, this is how they used to write. This is this was the written word cave drawings, hieroglyphics, all these things. And maybe, uh, you know, thousands of years from now, they look back and in a museum is, uh, you know, TV shows and movies where it's just people talking. And they had little, some movies, they had they had these things called musicals where it was mostly singing, but they still talked. Unlike, unlike today in the year, uh, I don't know, 7,021, uh, where, where all we do is sing to each other. <laughs> But maybe that's part of it. In any event, that is so tough because then you take away, if you can only pick one, movies, TV, music, that means you're never watching anything ever again. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. Get get you up and out, off, get me off the couch, go do something. But I can't. I mean, imagine that. Imagine you're driving in the car and you can't listen to music. I, mean, I guess I guess you can still have podcasts. Maybe that's the Maybe that's the catch. You can have movies and TV and podcasts, but you can't have music. Or you can have music and podcasts, podcasts and talk radio. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's included either way. But I mean, imagine uh, going on a long car ride on a beautiful day with the windows rolled down, and it's just talk radio, <laughs> and you can't listen. You can't listen to your favorite tunes. I can't have that. There's no more concerts because nobody can play music. There's no, there's just, it's just gone. It's done. You can only, you, you only have TV now. And by the way, when you're watching TV, let's say you, let's say you want to see, uh, you know, what, uh, what Urkel and Carl Winslow are up to this week. And you, you, that classic Family Matters theme song, you can't hear it anymore. Could you? 
it's gone. There's no more theme song. There's no more, yeah, there's no more like even the bumper music, the sad music they play, uh, you know, at the end of Full House when Danny's giving the nice talk to the kids and they hug and everything's resolved itself in 22 minutes. It's gone. It's just, it's just awkward. It's just awkward. I I wish I had never even I wish I had never even come up with this because now I'm sad. I'm sad thinking about what if what if music's gone. Price is Right is on right now. Imagine if just music is gone and it's just Drew Carey walks out and he's like, "Hey everybody, welcome to Price is Right. Let's play some pricing games." Uh, Marcy Jackson, come on down. Here she comes. She's coming, and she's here. Stevie. Peterson, come on down. And here comes Stevie. And Stevie's here. Okay. Pricing. Anyway, we don't have to worry about that. Let's let's come out of this horrible, horrible dystopian. It's either way, taking away even one of those things, music, movies, or TV, taking away even just one of those is is a horrible post-apocalyptic nightmare that I don't even want to think about. But uh, yeah, if it's between movies and TV, I'm taking TV. If you add music, I got to take music. I can't. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I can't. I can't. I can't not have music. <sighs> Some good tunes coming out these days. White Lies has a new single for the first time in two years. Excited about that. They've got a big tour, uh, which I would be excited about if any of that tour was coming to the United States. But that's uh, that's another fun thing. Is any any great. Uh, European bands that would normally extend a little leg of their tour over to the Boston, New York, D.C., L.A., Chicago areas. Even the ones that are just so popular overseas and have like a good follow, good enough following that they even just go to maybe just four or five U.S. cities like New York, Boston, L.A. Uh, even even. Even those guys, you know, there's, there's just, they're not, nobody's, you know, the big names, the Elton Johns, the, the, the Rolling Stones, those, those big, I guess, European acts, if you want to call them that, but those are, those are global phenomenons. So they're, obviously they're gonna, they're gonna come over here, but the, uh, the ones that have a limited following, like the, the White Lies, Elbow, Mew, Editors, some of my faves. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing those guys over here anytime soon. Oh well. So I guess I have lost music because none of my none of the bands that I want to go go to the Sinclair and watch perform they're not they're not coming here anytime in the near future. Sad news: Greg Gilbert, the lead singer of the Delays, that's another another band, uh, a British British band, kind of a. I don't know what you would call it. It's, it's like a pop and rock, uh, rock band, but kind of that dream pop sort of sound. I don't know what you would what you would say. There's 50 million genres of music, and I don't know how to describe any of them. Uh, he passed away. He had cancer for a few years. He just passed away. Uh, I think yesterday, yesterday morning, September 30th, I believe. Which was sad. I followed him on social media. He just seemed like a nice guy. He had kids and everything. Just, you know, family man, all that stuff. Great artist, too. He couldn't, you know, he got to the point where singing and they haven't put out a CD since 2010. 
Uh, I thought that they had gone back into the studio at some point, but I think that might have gotten derailed by COVID and the pandemic. So I'm hoping that there's some unreleased gems that uh, that we'll get to hear at some point. But it's it's very sad because that's a band I would have enjoyed seeing live. And uh, you know, like who knows? It's probably 2010 or 2011 was probably the last time they even went on tour. But uh, yeah, so that's a bummer. Uh, how about that Super Bowl halftime show? Who who is uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem? Is it Mary J. Blige? Is she one of them too? Let's see. Super Bowl halftime show 2022. Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. That's, I mean, that's incredible, right? Isn't it? I mean, that's, that's pretty exciting. That's, that's huge. Those are huge names. And I'm not necessarily a fan of all of theirs. But that's that's a big deal. People will be tuned into that, I do believe. I, I feel like I don't want to go too crazy, but uh, actually, I don't I don't know if this is that far off. By saying, is that like if uh, if thirty years ago, if the <laughs> if the Rolling Stones and the Beatles were both performing at the halftime show? I don't know. It's, right? It's got to be pretty close. The Rolling Stones and Queen, maybe I don't know. Paul McCartney and the role. <laughs> I'm, I'm this, you know. I, it's if I feel like that's a pretty big deal. They're not the. Uh, there's there's bigger names currently, but those are those are huge names. Those are those are those are some big names. I mean, Snoop Dogg is Snoop Dogg above all of those others. I mean, they're all they're all relevant, you know. Eminem still has a huge, huge following, huge fan base. Mary J. Blige, Dr. Dre. I mean, Dr. Dre, even if the youngsters don't know his music, they there's a good chance they might have his uh, his headphones on their ears. Beats by Dre. And they say, oh, Beats by Dre, that's like an actual guy. Oh, okay, he's, he's performing. Oh, neat. Uh, and then, I mean, Snoop Dogg, of course, has just... And that's why the comparisons to the Beatles I don't think are that far off. Snoop Dogg is like a Paul McCartney. He really is. Like Paul McCartney is a guy who was in you know the biggest band of all time. That band broke up, and he continued to find success and reinvent himself and do different things and continue to have a hugely successful career, still sells out the stadiums, still puts out new music. The guy's uh, pretty damn close to 80. He's he's older than my parents, and he's still you know just like the Rolling Stones, they're on tour right now. These fucking guys, uh, but but Paul McCartney has just continued to he just keeps doing it. I feel like Snoop Dogg similarly. Now Paul McCartney, I don't know that you can find him, uh, you know, hosting a bunch of TV shows and you know showing up in f- commercials and all these things all the time. He, he doesn't a doesn't need to doesn't want to. Snoop Dogg doesn't need to either. He probably just does things that he thinks are fun. But they're similar. Uh, when you think about it, I think Snoop Dogg and Paul McCartney, because this is a you know, uh, Snoop Dogg. It's been thirty plus years that he's been uh, a household name of sorts. Everybody from my age, certainly, we grew up with him. Our kids know who he is. 
the older generation probably knows who he is to, to you know because he was like hanging out with Martha Stewart for all those times and he's in uh, whatever he's in shows and you know stuff that stuff that the older crowd watches and and Paul McCartney has managed to do the same thing so that's why I don't think I'm far off in saying that this halftime show is really a this is a this is a Beatles Stone situation in a lot of ways this is uh you know some of the all-time biggest names in hip-hop, R&B, and really just in music, in, in entertainment, period. Going above and beyond a genre, or going above and beyond just music itself. These are, these are people who have branched out into other things. Music, TV, headphones, <laughs> weed, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. I'm a big fan of the weekend, and I love that halftime show. It was a very, very divisive halftime show. It was you, you loved it or you hated it. I thought it was great, especially considering it was done during a pandemic before most people had a vaccine uh, administered to them. And I, I thought he really pulled off a great show. I thought it was really good. I, I really like his songs, so I was I was happy about that. But goddamn, I'll be yeah, really really excited to see this year's halftime show. No question. No question about that. It's unquestionable. It's unquestionable. What else what else do we want to talk about? Oh, I gotta tell I'm I'm gonna talk I would like to talk about something that I saw. Let me see if I can open it up here. Oh, Seinfeld's on Netflix today, in case you forgot. That is that is quite exciting. It left Hulu back in June. I thought I thought Seinfeld was going to be on Hulu until June thirtieth, but it left on the twenty third or twenty fourth or something like that, without saying goodbye. I just up and left a full week, week and a half before I thought it was going, and that was that was heartbreaking because I really I went to bed one night and I was watching an episode of Seinfeld on Hulu because I was trying to go through the whole series and watch every episode. And I was watching it before bed, and I got up the next morning and went to Hulu, and there's no Seinfeld. But now we have Seinfeld on Netflix, and it's not going anywhere for a very long time. So that's very, very exciting. I'm so happy about that. Oh, speaking of TV, you know what I'm enjoying? These, this guy's shows, they, they, they always start out really good, and I, I think it's more of a mental, psychological thing where they leave you for so long wondering what's going to happen. And then I don't know that the payoff is quite what you were hoping for. But the same guy who did the, the, uh, the, the Hill House, the haunted, the haunting of Bly Manor, the haunting of Hill House. Uh, Hill House came out in 2018 series. And then the Bly Manor was last year, if I recall. Yeah. And now there's a show by the same, the same folks with a lot of the same actors in it. And it's called Midnight Mass. I think there's only seven episodes, maybe eight. I think it's seven. There's not a lot of episodes. But it just premiered, uh, I want to say, a week ago on Netflix. And I love it so far. It's got that kind of, uh, you know, it's just some island somewhere off the coast of whatever. Very kind of New England-y sort of Nova Scotia-y. I think it's filmed in... Uh, British Columbia, but, uh, you know, just mysterious, weird stuff happening and, uh, mysterious, uh, 
priest is in town and he seems creepy, but sometimes he doesn't seem as creepy, but he's just, it's weird and you don't know what's going on. I think I know what's going on. We're only two episodes in because we just, we go to bed so early that there's just no time to watch shows these days. But uh, man, the first two episodes, I'm quite enjoying Midnight Mass. It's really good, I think, so far. I'm I'm very positive that I will be disappointed by the time we get to the final episode because it'll it'll probably still be very good. And that was the thing. Bly Manor was still really good. It just ended up being more sad than scary. You know, the first couple episodes are scary because it's this creepy old house and ghosts and what's are they are the people dead? Are they alive? Are they ghosts? Are they what's going on? What's going on here? Uh and and it got to the end and it was just it was just more sad it was just more kind of oh I, i'm sad for these characters rather than rather than spooky scary stuff i hope it doesn't i hope this uh midnight mass doesn't go that way i hope it's more of just like straight up you know monster stuff in a in an isolated island northern isle uh northern island uh you know fishing community fisherman community uh, so we'll see, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, uh, check it out if you you know it's that it's that time of year. Um, yeah, billions. Uh, the season finale is coming up this week. My God! And then the season finale of Billions is this weekend, and then and then two weeks later, season three of Succession is here. We're not only having Succession and Billions at the same in the same year new episodes occurring within weeks of each other i love shows about billionaires in new york city being pricks to each other and just trying to out billionaire one another i love it nice cars big fancy apartments and houses and flying all over the world and it's just fantastic it's great it's that's what i want i'm I'm a pretty I realize in my old age I'm a pretty superficial guy and I I'm I'm pretty shallow. I uh, I like this stuff. And uh yeah, like I said, I can be bought and sold, so I guess uh I guess perhaps I see myself uh in these shows. Uh but it's just so great. The acting is so great, the writing is so great. I mean, Billions is ridiculous. Billions you watch it and you just want to bang your head on the wall because you can tell I've probably already said this, but it's it's like watching WWE where you can you listen to you listen to one wrestler uh, give a promo, and then you listen to a completely different wrestler give a completely dif- different promo, and they both sound exactly the same because it all sounds like Vince McMahon talking the way that he thinks the way that Vince Mc- Vince McMahon doesn't think too highly of people, and he sure as hell doesn't think highly of wrestling fans. And he thinks everyone is stupid, so he gives you a wrestling product that's made for idiots because he thinks you're all so stupid. No, that's why no wrestlers can have the same name. No two wrestlers, because he doesn't want to confuse people. Okay, yeah, because we don't know people at work and in our real lives who share the same first name, and it's impossible to keep them straight. As somebody named John, I've never had this issue. It's just I don't even I, when I'm when somebody says John, I don't know if they're talking to me or somebody else. Even if I'm addressing somebody else named John, I don't even I'm like, am I am I referring to him or am I referring to myself? I'm so stupid. I don't know which one is which. Vince Vince thinks that way. Billions is kind of like that in the sense that uh, it's it's kind of infuriating because all the characters 
you know, they'll finish a sentence the same way and they'll make some obscure reference to a baseball player or like a very specific sports team from like 1982 or a movie, some line from some movie. And the thing that annoys me is that one character will make the reference and the other character knows exactly what they're referring to and follows up with the same reference, with a, with another reference to the same thing they're referencing, you know. Oh, as the as the coach of the nineteen seventy six Lakers said, I'm I'm all in. And then the other person will say, Well, as Kareem Abdul Jabbar said to that, you know, it's just like it's just so silly because it, obviously it's all coming from you know, one or two people who just have all these stupid movie references. And there was even, I mean, there's a big WWE kind of, there's, there's, there's a lot of wrestling reference. That's the other thing. Somebody referenced wrestling and said, ah, as, uh, Hey, so are you, uh, are you in on this deal? Well, just like Haystacks Calhoun said in 1982, I'm going to fucking crush it, dude. And then the other person will say, well, as Andre the Giant said to Haystacks Calhoun, I'll kick you in the face. These are terrible examples that aren't actually from Billions. I can't think of one, but the, every show is just littered with these references to like sports, wrestling, and movies as though, and every character in the Billions universe gets every single reference to everything. And I think to myself, if I went, if I went to work and just started making these same references, people would look at me and they say, what? What is what is wrong with you? Do you need to go to the hospital? Do you have head trauma? What are you talking about? They they even had an episode where Becky Lynch from WWE showed up at at Axe Capital at the office and got into a a scripted fight with Ren, Wendy Rhodes, who's the who's the Axe Capital psychologist. She's the one that uh, the rest of the team goes to when they're when they're not when they're not hitting their numbers and uh, you know making making millions of dollars every day she you know psychoanalyzes them and gets them pumped up to go back out there and and make some fucking money uh and and becky lynch and wendy rhodes got into a fake fight in the in the office and it was just so stupid but succession yeah to me succession is by far it's it's the smarter show it's the funnier show it's the better show uh but they're both great they're they're just both great um, billions is just so so much more absurd in my in my opinion. Anyway, Kirby enthusiasm comes back this month. I mean, Jesus, just the month of October alone, it's already the best month because of the fall and the Halloween and the leaves and all that good stuff. Crisp, blah blah blah. As as sad as I am to see summer go. You've got the you know all the all the usual things that come along in October, and then you've got you've got all the TV shows. It's just crazy. It's it's so exciting, and that's why I just I take TV because look at all the TV that's coming out. You got and then you've got this weekend. You've got the Patriots and the Buccaneers. You got Tom. You got Tom Brady sounded like this at the press conference. Hey, TB, you're not sounding so good. What's uh, what's wrong, buddy? Uh, nothing. Everything's good. I just had to yell a lot because you know they're they're practicing at Foxborough, and of course, uh, Foxborough's blasting music and crowd noises and sounds and stuff. So Brady had to scream extra loud and lost his voice. Uh, 
I don't, again, I, 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 I hope it's, I hope it lives up to the hype. I can't imagine there's any way. I don't think that game's going to be terribly exciting. That's just my, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling. I hope I'm wrong though. I hope I'm wrong. I was right about last night's football game. Uh, Cincinnati came, came back from behind and beat the Jaguars. So I can at least put one, one positive check mark on the old, on the old football tally for the week, for week four of the NFL. And we'll come back next week and recap the entire NFL week that was. Oh, you idiot. You picked. Oh, okay. I was looking at the wrong thing. I thought I picked Jacksonville. Oh, I picked Cincinnati. Okay. Woo. <laughs> anyway, uh, what else? So I wanted to read this. Letter sent by a school principal in Singapore before exams. Dear parents, the exams of your children are to start soon. I know you are all really anxious for your child to do well, but please do remember, amongst the students who will be sitting for the exams, there is an artist who doesn't need to understand math. There's an entrepreneur who doesn't care about history or English literature. There's a musician whose chemistry marks won't matter. There's an athlete whose physical fitness is more important than physics. If your child does get top marks, that's great. But if he or she doesn't, please don't take away their self-confidence and dignity from them. Tell them it's okay. It's just an exam. They're cut out for much bigger things in life. Tell them no matter what they score, you love them and will not judge them. Yeah. Amen, motherfucker. Uh, I've, I've really come to that. It's, it's hard. I try not to be a hypocrite because, you know, I got, uh, I got decent grades through school, you know, some subjects better than others. Uh, I was not as good in math and science as I was in history and English. I was better at writing than I was at, at calculating. Uh, but I was still fine at, at all that stuff. And, you know, it's tough. You fucking, everything's so goddamn competitive. And it's like, okay, get, get the best grade you can on the math exam. But yeah, do you want to do you want to be a math teacher? Do you want to be a mathematician? Do you want to be an engineer when you grow? Oh, no, okay, then it's you know what do you want to do? You want to oh you want to be an art teacher? Okay, then don't don't sweat the math exam maybe as much. Try to get good grades because you want to you want an overall good portfolio heading into college and stuff like that. That's good, but you know that's the other thing. Uh, I've had more job interviews than I can count in my lifetime. Uh, nobody has asked about my grades. Oh, you got a degree. You've got an MBA? Cool. Sometimes they don't even give a shit about that. Uh, it's good to get in the door. And uh, yeah, and certain yeah, certain things you do want to have top grades. If you're going to med school, if you're going to law school, uh, you know, certain other areas, you really do want to have top grades. If you're trying to get into to, to, you know, the best schools, the Ivy Leagues and that kind of thing, yeah, good grades, very important. But there's a lot of other shit too. And... Yeah, and then when you get out into the real world, it's just like, God damn. You know, we've we one thing we've <laughs> we've really gotten uh gotten less sh- stressed out about is uh that whole that whole attendance, the perfect attendance thing. And the wife and I were talking the other day about how yeah, we just there's such a like, oh, you you can get a perfect attendance award at the end of school if you haven't missed a day of school. You get a gold star. Great. Here's your gold star for bringing your sick, infected ass in and making all the other kids in the class sick. Congratulations. You win. 
And then I was telling what I've told the kids is like, listen, you're going to have job interviews in your life. You're going to have all these things where you're going to need to, you know, you're going to need to put your best foot forward and show somebody that you can do something. And here's one thing they're never going to ask you about. How many times did you miss school due to being sick? Nobody cares about your perfect attendance. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about that stuff. So don't worry about it. Nobody care. Oh no, you you were tardy to school. You you missed the bell by three minutes and you had to go to the office and get a tardy slip, which ironically makes you miss even more school. Big fucking deal. I was driving, you know, a year or two ago. Oh, look at this. Crocodile takes down a drone. Whoa. Yeah, well, you got too close to the crocodile. I'm watching this on the news. Look how close this drone is to the crocodile. Of course the croc's going to take you down. <sighs> anyway, uh, we were driving to school the other day. And uh, and I realized I said to my oldest, you know, they're in the shower. And I said, hey, we got to leave. You're going to be late for school. All right. And nobody's slacking off. It's not like, eh, fuck that. We'll leave when we leave. It's like we have to leave at a certain time. And we left a few minutes later. Uh, and, and got there, you're supposed to, you know, class starts at eight o'clock. We got there at seven fifty nine, and I said, listen, you're probably gonna have to go to the office and just, you know, get a, get a tardy slip. And the kid said, yeah, I figured that's okay. No big deal. And I was like, I, in my mind, I said, yes, finally, because the one thing I'm trying not to pass on to my kids is all my fucking anxiety and all the little bullshit things that I get so wound up about, the years that I've probably taken off my life, getting stressed about like, oh, my God, I'm going to be, I'm going to miss the third grade, the third grade bell. I'm going to be 90 seconds late to class in third grade. It's a tardy. I'm not going to have perfect attendance. Nobody cares. It's no big fucking deal. So I've got the kids to where, I mean, yeah, we leave on time. We get to school on time. And if we happen to, for one reason or another, we had this one late day. And when I say late, again, we pulled into school a minute before class starts. It's not, it's not like we showed up at 1030 and just waltzed into the school. It was like, hey, you know, there was unforeseen construction and some other stuff. And okay. And I said, hey, kid, you're probably going to, you're going to miss the, you're going to miss the bell for the first period, so you'll probably be going to the office. Yeah, that's cool. I, I know what to do. No big deal. And it's the same with, like, the tests and everything. It's just like, dude, are you going to be a mathematician and a history professor and a scientist and a, and a writer and an Olympian, Olympic gold medalist? No, you're not going to be all of those things. And you might not be any of those things because that's a very – small group of professions that I've just listed out of millions of different professions. So like do your best, make sure that your grades improve. That's all we ask for as parents. Like we just tell the kids like, listen, I don't want to see the grades going down. I prefer to not to see them staying the same. I want to see them going up. That's all we ask is that the grades go up. If they're all A's, Hey, that's pretty cool. But if not, as long as if it was B last time and it's a B plus this time as opposed to a C plus, then thumbs up, dude. And the kid, I mean, you know, they get, they get good grades, but it's not, it's not the end all be all. So I'm just happy to see this like there's just too much of that shit. Like, okay, 
What do you want to go to college for? Math. All right, then maybe we don't care so much uh, if you did terrible in gym. What do you want to go to college for? Uh, I want to be, <laughs> I want to be a you know, a phys ed teacher. I want to be a, a football player. Okay. Oh, it says here you're not that good in calculus. Yeah, who gives a shit? You good at football? Great. You're on the football team. That's. It's just uh, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was happy to see that, and I, and and this brings me back to to my final point on the matter is we had the open house. I think I, I might have mentioned this on the podcast. I've probably mentioned it too much. We went to the sixth grade open house last week. Got to meet all the teachers. And uh, going into a school, you already have the assumption that the teachers know a thing or two because they wouldn't be teaching that subject if they didn't. So I don't need to see how I don't need to see the teachers showing off how smart they are. That's going to come across. That just comes across in how the teacher presents themselves. All the teachers we met clearly know their stuff. They're clearly very smart. They, you know, they're great. It was the other stuff, just about, you know, I, here's my expectations for the kids. Being on time, getting their work done, doing this, doing that, great. Studying, I'm going to know who studies for the test. I'm going to know who doesn't, great. All this stuff, I was happy to hear it. And then there were teachers who had like, you know, during the class rules and stuff like that, one of them, the writing teacher said, I just want everybody to know your kid is safe in this class. Your kid will not be harmed by anyone in this class. Your kid will not be bullied in this class. No bad things will happen to your kid while they are in my classroom. And it's just like, you know, that's pretty nice because grades are important, but there's a whole lot of other shit. And we put too much on these teachers anyway. So to see a teacher come in and say, yeah, I'm primarily interested in making your kids smarter than they are now. Whatever they know now, they're going to know more by the end of the year. That's, that's kind of the overall job description, right? But then there's the other stuff. You don't, have to, you don't have to make the kid feel loved in class. You don't have to make them feel good about themselves. You just have to make them get no more in, in May than they do in September. So when, a, so when a teacher goes out of their way to say, hey, your kid's going to work hard in this class. They're going to do a lot of work in this class. And also they're not going to feel like shit in this class. I'm not going to make them feel like shit in this class. And nobody else is going to make them feel like shit in this class. That means a lot because we got lucky with our kids through elementary school. They went through, uh, you know, we have a, we have a fifth grader. So we've, we've been six years in the same elementary school. And I, I sometimes stop and I say, how, how in the blue hell are all the teachers, not just smart and good at teaching, but they're so compassionate and they care so much about the kids. I mean, that's, that's what the teachers are like these days. I'm not saying they weren't when I was a kid, but that was a crapshoot, man. <laughs> Cause I had some fuckers in my day and my, and the generation before us had some real fuckers. My dad, uh, went to Catholic school and had a nun make him pull out his tongue and put a giant scissor up to his tongue and said, if you talk in class again, I'm going to cut your tongue out. You know why he was talking in class? It was his birthday. It was my dad's birthday. And his brother had just been born. My uncle had just been born. And he was so excited, he couldn't contain himself. And he whispered to his friend at the desk next to him. And he said, hey, my baby brother was just born yesterday. I, 
I have a baby brother. And this cunt-faced nun comes over and opens up her scissor and puts it on. Um, on my dad was like six or seven, maybe? Puts a scissor up to his tongue. So, like, yeah, the, the lovey, <laughs> compassionate, <laughs> nurturing uh, spirit is... It's relatively new uh, in my in my estimation. Uh, it was you know it was really starting to take shape when I was you know I had some I had some real sweet teachers in elementary school you know, a couple. Um, I had some not so sweet teachers and I had some in between teachers who were not you know they were really good people and good teachers and you know it was it was fine it was fine. Uh, and all of these teachers at this elementary school are. Yeah, they're just kind and compassionate, and not just the teachers, but everybody, the office people, everyone, they know all the kids, and they they care so much about the kids and what's going on in their lives, and not just the academics and stuff like that. So I see this thing from Singapore about, like, listen, don't fucking go crazy if they don't get the best math score. Maybe they don't have any goddamn interest in being the world's greatest mathematician. So just, you know, relax. And that's like, yeah, I, I feel like, and I feel like the schools are, there's more of that these days without, but without also saying like, Hey, don't give a sh- if you're not interested in the subject, just, you know, fuck it. Don't try. No, try hard, put your best foot forward, continuously improve, but don't go crazy if you don't get the top marks. Cause it's not that big of a deal. So I was very happy. We went to we went to all the classes at the school, at the middle school. Everybody was just so great. They were so, and everybody was so different, but yet, you know, the same level of intelligence and empathy, and and really, and I guess I guess in this day and age, like, there's a teacher shortage, right? And not a lot, of, especially during COVID, people, a lot of people retired because they're like, yeah, I'm not doing this remote thing. I'm not doing the, you know, all the, this, this sucks. I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to retire and go home because I don't want to get COVID, but I also don't want to teach on a computer in a Zoom meeting with 20 little screens with faces on it. And, and so that's, that was the end of that. Uh, it's tough to be a teacher at the best of times. So what you're left with is the best of the best. These are the ones who want to be there. And in New Hampshire, you're not making a ton of money. In Massachusetts, you're getting paid pretty handsomely to be a teacher. It costs a lot to live in Massachusetts. Upstate New York, where I'm from, you're getting paid very handsomely to be a teacher. And the cost of living is super reasonable. Super reasonable. People who have never left upstate New York don't know that. <laughs> they think everybody thinks their place is like the most expensive and oh it's not, the taxes are outrageous. Everything's outrageous. Please calm down. It's not nearly as bad as you think. Uh and New Hampshire uh, cost of living is where we live is not great because it's close to Boston. So it's it's basically Massachusetts housing prices. But New Hampshire teacher salaries, so it's <laughs> at least in Massachusetts, you're paying for the expensive house, but you're getting you're getting compensated uh, pretty pretty favorably. New Hampshire, not so much. So when you go into these classrooms and these people are, you know, you have a general idea of what they're pulling in. It, it ain't much, and to see how passionate they are about educating these kids, and not just ed- educating them, but, but but making sure that they're that they're not feeling like shit. 
creating a safe space. I know morons out there like to say, oh, safe space. You need your safe space and your crayons, <laughs> you snowflake. Hey, uh, could you wear a piece of cloth to help protect people? Oh, my liberties. Uh, no way. Fuck you. Sheeple. Put your sheeple. <laughs> I'm going to have a meltdown on an airplane like a big baby. But you guys are the ones who need a safe space. You're the sheep. Uh, you know, those those ones like to joke about, you know, oh, you need a safe space. Yeah. Everybody does need a safe space. Why would you? Because what's the opposite of safe space is a dangerous space. Why would you make fun of somebody for not wanting to be in danger? Especially a kid at a school who's a child. You fucking goons. So I'm happy that my kids go to schools where it is a safe space. A safe space for learning. A safe space uh, for making friends and having a good time. Does that mean that everybody's fucking kumbaya holding hands all day long? Hell no. Not by a long shot. You know, because it's middle school kids. It's kids. It's people. They're fucking assholes. Uh, you know, that shit is just going to happen. It sucks, but that's, that's, I don't know, that's how it is, unfortunately. But the teachers are there to make it less sucky. Anyway, that's the, uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for this podcast. Let me just check my notes. Uh, yep. Yep, got that, got that. Uh, yeah, that's. I guess that's about it. Uh, yeah, that's all. I think that's all I have to say. So we'll see. We'll see how the weekend goes. Maybe we're going to camp. Maybe not. Probably not. Uh, but we'll figure out something else to do instead. I have no, uh, as much as I'm looking forward to camping, I love waking up in my own bed. There's no... I don't care what Disney says, uh, bed, my bed is the happiest place on earth. It's a wonderful place to be. I quite enjoy it. Uh, the The bed inside a tent is nice too, but when the temperatures are going to get down into the uh, mid to upper 30s, whew, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's pretty chilly. So maybe I'm okay with, uh, with us uh, skipping that. But we'll, something tells me you'll hear about what happens this weekend on a future edition of the podcast. But anyway, it's the last day at the at the current job. The the new one starts Monday, so I guess the next time the next time we chat, yeah, things will be slightly different for me and uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. Football should be good. Uh other stuff's going on. Seinfeld's on Netflix. <laughs> Life's pretty good, man. Uh so that's that's that. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you have a great weekend. Be good. Do your things that make you happy. Enjoy. Get out there. See the world. Or don't. Or just stay home. Whatever. Are you happy sitting at home? Great. I am. I love sitting at home. So I stay home. If I get bored, I go out. And then that's fun. And then I say, you know what? This is overrated. I'm going to go back home. (laughs) So anyway. Uh get out there or not and uh, whatever you do keep listening to the birthday boy podcast subscribe tell your friends the 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 the, the, the whatever you call it the subscriber count has gone up i love that i want it to keep going up uh tell them uh, birthdayboyshop.com hello we're in october now and you've heard what's going to happen here the supply and demand the you know there's shortages 
the whole supply chain is is looking to be uh, hanging on by a thread right now. Uh, this is the time to get the Christmas shopping done, and there's no better place than birthdayboyshop.com to to get those great gifts, stocking stuffers, surprises from Santa. What a what a great treat that would be. You know, people, that's something nobody's going to expect. Open up a La Poopy shirt. Oh, cool. That's great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> birthdayboyshop.com. Uh, follow Birthday Boy Podcast. We're on Twitter somewhere, uh, Facebook. You know, we're out there. And you can listen. You know this because you're listening right now, but you can get this podcast wherever podcasts are available. And you can tell that to your friends when you're sitting around the campfire and saying, hey, you listen to any good podcasts? Yes, Birthday Boy Podcast. That's the first thing that comes out of your mouth. At least it should be. Anyways, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. You guys, you're the best. You're just you're just the greatest of all time. And uh, that's it. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators. Gators.